The WBEN All Local. All Local. Produced by Randy Bushover. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazarowski. Some clouds outside right now, 50 degrees. We're expecting rain this afternoon. The Bills trade up in the first round to get their guy on night one of the NFL draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars have traded the 25th pick to the Buffalo Bills. With the 25th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Dalton Kincaid, tight end, Utah. How about that? The Bills gave pick 130 in the fourth round to make the move. GM Brandon Bean explained why. If I thought he would have got to us, I was going to be patient. But it was the one player that, you know, I felt strongly that the team in front of us had a lot of love for. You know, I called the Giants, and they talked about it, and then they let me know they were going to trade up. So as soon as I heard that, I called Jacksonville right away. They weren't sure, and they waited till they got on the clock, talked it through, and and um, got it done. You know, us trading up tells you how we valued him, you know, without me being specific. But there's defensive players around, but he was the best player on our board. Kincaid, six foot four, 246 pounds, caught 70 passes for 890 yards, eight touchdowns in Utah last season. Sounded pretty happy to come to Buffalo after he was selected. I feel like I'm just kind of diverse in what I can do. You know, I feel like you can line me up in the slot, in line, you can you can spread me out. So I feel like that's that's one of my strengths is having to do all that. And then, you know, with that comes having to learn all of it. So I like to pride myself on, you know, being smart. So I feel like that kind of ties in with what I do well on the field. All right. So it sounds like he's ready to get out there anywhere on the field, uh, play for the Bills. We'll hear more from Kincaid coming up uh, just about 10 minutes from right now as he spoke to the media late last night after the Bills made their pick. They have four selections remaining over the last uh, two days of the draft, including two tonight, 59 and 81. Uh, those picks tonight after, or excuse me, 59 and 91. So wait a little longer uh, if you're staying up yeah. late tonight for the draft. But so uh, the Bills, four selections remaining after sending one in that trade to move up. Governor Hochul announcing a conceptual budget agreement last night. It comes almost a month late. It's a $229 billion spending plan, and changes to bail laws were a top priority for the governor. Judges will have greater discretion in criminal cases to set bail for serious charges. I do believe that judges should have more authority to set bail and detain dangerous defendants. Data shows that Recent decreases in recidivism for the low-level offenses, that's positive, but increases in recidivism for defendants charged with serious crimes. That's why it was very clear that changes need to be made. The budget also includes a record $34.5 billion for education, free meals at schools regardless of a family's income. Minimum wage is increasing to $15 an hour starting in 2024. The agreement came after lawmakers left the Capitol. A vote by the legislature not expected until at least Monday. All right, a long time coming, but the budget appears to be here. County lawmakers looking to give a boost to volunteer firefighters and emergency service workers. WBEN's Max Ferry has more. The Erie County Legislature approved Thursday a 10% property tax break for volunteer firefighters and ambulance workers serving and living in the county. Legislator Jim Malcheski reacts to the unanimous passing of this legislation. Desperately needed. Uh, coming from a rural community, I understand the challenges that the fire departments have, and this is one small tool we can give them to help in their recruitment and retention efforts. 
Springville Volunteer Fire Department Chief Mark Gettner would agree that there has been a significant drop-off of firefighters. It's dropped a lot in the last 10 years, and if it doesn't get turned around, there's going to be there's going to be some major problems. I know in our own department, you know, several of our drivers, operators are they're older. We're we're actually fortunate in Springville. We have had a lot of young younger guys join, but that is not the case normally. We've been very lucky this last year. Uh, you can go a year, two years without having anybody uh, apply. The chief said this break is a step in the right direction, and legislators would agree there is much more work to be done. Legislator Chris Green believes this law isn't perfect, as it doesn't account for those who live in Erie County, but volunteer outside the county. You can hear the full thoughts at WBEN.com. This is Max Ferry for WBEN.com News. Thank you, Max. Canisius College will soon have a new name. Canisius has been approved by the State Education Department Board of Regents for university designation, and the transition to Canisius University will start this summer. The school will begin a new branding initiative in August. All right. Uh, yet another local uh, university now with a new name. Are there any colleges left? I don't think so. No. Uh, send your kids to uh, university. It's going to have to be around New York State. Tomorrow in Niagara Falls, the state attorney general's office and the city are hosting a gun buyback event. WBEN's Brayton Wilson looks into the controversial programs to see if law enforcement notices an impact afterwards. Former Buffalo Police Captain and current partner with Vista Security Group Jeff Ronaldo knows that the department did a number of gun buyback events in the city years ago that saw many people exchanging their guns for monetary compensation. While there have been a number of people taking part in these gun buybacks, Ronaldo believes the jury is still out on the effectiveness these events have on curbing gun violence. I think if you target the buyback for specific weapons, whether it's assault rifles or handguns, then the chance of getting weapons like that off the street are a good idea. But the reality is a lot of times people are handing in replica weapons or handing in, you know, long shotguns, things that are not generally used in street crimes. If you target it to a particular weapon or particular types of weapons, I think that you can get more bang for your buck and you avoid paying out money for weapons that are really not driving street crime. Ronaldo feels it's tough to measure the effectiveness of these gun buybacks without that specific targeting of weapons. Ronaldo also says a lot of people are not aware of what they can do to surrender a weapon and fear they may face some sort of legal troubles with them potentially owning the gun. That's where one of these buyback events may be a benefit. These amnesty programs allow people to safely, no questions asked, surrender the weapon. Yes, they do get paid to do so, but it allows to society to reduce the inventory of weapons that are not wanted, and it prevents them from falling in the wrong hands. More on the effectiveness of gun buyback events is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, Brayton, thank you. That uh, buyback event in Niagara Falls runs from 10 to 1 tomorrow at the St. John's African Methodist Episcopal Church on Garden and Richard Allen Way in Niagara Falls. Massachusetts Air National Guardsman Jack Teixeira accused of leaking classified documents appearing in court yesterday. Prosecutors argued he's too dangerous and should remain behind bars. The DOJ says Teixeira once wrote in the online group where he allegedly leaked those classified documents, if I had my way, I'd kill a expletive ton of people that he claimed he was tempted to turn a minivan into an assassination van, and then in 2018 he was suspended from high school for remarks about weapons, including Molotov cocktails, guns at the school, and racial threats. They claim that prompted local police to deny him a firearms ID card, 
but still he managed to join the Massachusetts Air National Guard and gain top secret clearance. That's Trevor Alt outside the courthouse in Worcester, Massachusetts. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Clouds and the increased rain will arrive this afternoon. Temperatures today in the low 60s. Breezy with scattered showers on Saturday. Temperatures in the mid 50s. Scattered showers again on Sunday with highs near 60. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Kowski. Brian Del Porto joining us this morning on WBEN Director of Security for Niagara Falls City Schools. There's a gun buyback program tomorrow in Niagara Falls. It's one of nine gun buybacks that are happening around the state. You know, Brian, you're former Niagara Falls police chief, and we're just wondering, did you ever see over oversee a buyback? Uh, good morning. Yes, I did oversee uh, several buybacks in my tenure as chief. And, and what is your overall thought about them? Well, I think it's, it's very difficult to quantify um, their effectiveness on reducing crime. And I don't think uh, any police department thinks criminals are going to run in there to hand in their, their guns for, um, you know, a couple hundred bucks. But what I've seen is um, it gives people a legal outlet to get rid of unwanted firearms. And a lot of times those people are elderly people and they don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. Um, maybe the gun is registered. Maybe it's unregistered. They've had it for some period of time or a lot of, in some cases they've, you know, it was, it was their parents gun and they've had it in the house. They just want to get rid of it legally. They don't want it falling into the hands of someone that would use it. Um, so taking a legal gun and doing illegal, uh, making it illegal by taking it, um, they just don't want it to fall into the wrong hands. So I think it gives people an opportunity to get rid of unwanted firearms. The effectiveness it has on, on the crime rate, I really think is, is hard, to, hard to gauge. Yeah. Um, is it really two different things? You know, some people look at, all right, gun buybacks, we're fighting gun crime. Um, but maybe is it more complicated than that? Gun buybacks, we're fighting the idea that some guns could eventually end up in the hands of somebody who shouldn't be having them. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I would equate it to the um, the, the pill drop-off when we hand in unwanted prescription medication so it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. I would say a gun buyback is uh, very similar, similar similar to that in in the fact people just don't want their, their firearms ha- falling into the wrong hands. And the people that are coming are coming voluntarily. No one's forcing them to come. They're coming voluntarily to get rid of them. And in some cases, they, they absolutely probably could get more money by bringing them to a gun shop or selling them. But what I've seen is the folks that come don't want to do that. They just want to hand it into the police, gives them a little monetary incentive to do that, and, uh, and, and they go about their way. And, and in a lot of cases, they're very relieved just, just to get the firearm out of their house. You know, because of that, because we're talking about a gun that might eventually fall into the wrong hands, would it be unfair to try and track like an immediate um, response or an immediate outcome to these gun buybacks? It would take, you know, maybe years to figure out if one actually worked. Yeah, I mean, I would say that, um, you know, I I would definitely be for any type of data collection because really in this day and age, all police work is done through intelligence-led policing. And I think that would really assist police departments to see um, not only the effectiveness, but what guns they're bringing in and, and, you know, where they could wind up. The 
Gun Buyback Tomorrow offers $25 for non-working, replica, antique, homemade, or 3D printed guns, all the way up to $500 for an assault rifle or ghost gun. Typically, what gets turned in, and is there any chance that assault weapons get turned in, do you think? We've had all kinds of different guns turned in. Um, We've had, um, you know, quite frankly, we've had antique valuable guns handed in. We, um, in some cases, depending on who's funding the gun buyback, um, we've advised the folks that they could probably get more money um, for that gun elsewhere, and, and they've just turned it in. But it goes, it, it runs the gamut. Um, you do get some rifles. You do get shotguns. I don't believe I've ever seen, um, you know, a, a quote-unquote assault rifle turned in. But you do get quality firearms, and you do get some junk firearms for sure. Should these buybacks maybe be more targeted toward, you know, firearms that can do damage and not necessarily uh, historical firearms or or something that doesn't necessarily work anymore? Well, I mean, I I think, again, they're just trying to provide an outlet for folks to get rid of um, their firearms, and even if they perceive them to be a danger, which in a lot of cases, folks that don't know a lot about guns perceive any gun, and certainly any gun can can kill you. And again, I really don't believe, um, I certainly don't, and I don't believe any police department believes criminals are going to, um, you know, line up to hand in their illegal firearms, because I don't think that's going to happen. I'm wondering, what do you think has a bigger impact, uh, gun buybacks or changes to bail laws, which we're just hearing about in the new budget agreement? Judges are going to have more discretion on setting bail in cases of violent crime. Well, I definitely think in in terms of violent crime, changing the bail uh, reform laws absolutely needs to get done. Um, and also further than that, I think um, what usually gets lumped into that is the discovery rules. It's just become unbearable for police departments to um, maintain um, maintain the data and distribute the data under the new discovery laws. So it becomes, becomes a, a really um, lengthy process for them, and they have a short period of time to get it done. So it's creating... Um, a severe hardship on police departments. So the bail reform, as well as the discovery laws, I think really need to be addressed. And that that's really the, the nexus to the increase in violent crime, in my opinion. You know, these uh, bail reform laws, and we'll wait to hear exact specifics, but it, it appears there will be a, a little bit of a change there. Uh, this judge's discretion, I... <laughs> I hate to compare the two things that we're talking about with the gun buyback and, you know, what happened within the budget. But is that the thing, if we're talking about an impact on crime that you've been focused on the last 24 hours? I mean, yeah, absolutely. If you're, we're focusing on crime, um, that bail, we, we've seen it. The bail reform law just is not working. It needs to be addressed. Um, and I think any good police officer, any good sheriff, um, police chief will tell you they're they're willing to look at bail reform and and nobody does want someone sitting in jail just because they're poor i don't believe or no good person does um but you know bail exists for a reason we elect judges for a reason and give them their authority for a reason and i think it think we need to let them do their job that's why they're elected that's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award winning WBEN Newsroom.